you are divine. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, my beautiful pumpkin, and welcome back to the Pumpkin Patch. If you're new here, hello, my name is Chloe Taylor, and on this podcast, I believe that what do I believe? I've been actually reconsidering like the mission statement for this podcast. Like we know that we have, when you stand in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same, which is a fabulous mission statement. But I honestly think that the purpose of my podcast, really the core essence of what I'm trying to do here is basically teach you to trust yourself more. Like the, especially the episodes where we really get deep in like the mental health sphere of things. That's all I want people to do is to trust themselves more because I really do believe that not trusting yourself is a complete epidemic in today's world. That's why like the beauty industry exists. That's why the diet industry exists. That's why literally every industry that you can think of that sells you something it is rooted in a lack of trusting yourself. And I always say that like everything that I do, even when I'm reading tarot cards, I want people to feel like they come away from my readings, my podcasts, everything I do, trusting themselves a little bit more so that they can go and do that in their own life. Like if the day that I work myself out of a job, it is a job well done, to be honest. So That's really what we're here to do if you're new. Now, something I want to start doing in the podcast in the front uh, is just give a little bit of gratitude back to all of you that have so lovingly left me reviews. I know for a fact you can review on Apple Podcasts, but I'm pretty sure they're like, I know on Spotify, you can interact with things now too. We're going to start with Apple Podcasts today. And I just want to read one of y'all's reviews of the podcast. So if you go and leave me a review, uh, there's a chance that I will feature you in the episode. So this one comes from Becca with four A's 23 down to earth, honest, deep, and yet profoundly uplifting. She always leaves us feeling empowered and ready to conquer the day. Her authenticity and energy helps me feel more comfortable with my authentic self. I'm so grateful for this podcast. And that was from July 7th of 2022. And it was a five-star rating. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you, Becca. Um, also I want to say, In authentic fashion, I don't expect everybody to go and leave me a five-star review. Those are great and they really do help, but any interaction when it comes to reviewing, like I'm not granted, of course, we would all love to live in a magical world where every review is stunning and fabulous, but any review is fine. Um, So thank you so much for that, Becca. I really appreciate it. And I just want to encourage those of you that have not reviewed the podcast to do so because it really does help us to be seen by more people in the niche. And it just helps me out to continue to create the podcast by doing that. So today's episode, y'all, I'm so excited. I feel like it's such a treat. I'm actually sitting down on Christmas day, (laughs) which I don't personally celebrate Christmas. I celebrate Yule, but I do feel like there's still an energy to the air of Christmas day. So that's kind of my take. Whenever we go through a holiday, like let's say you're somebody that really hates Valentine's day. Like this is very common. Lots of people hate Valentine's day. It's one of my personal favorite holidays, but it's 
I like to think about not only the original traditions of the holiday. So for Christmas, obviously there was a time before Christianity and we did, we celebrated the winter solstice or Yule, which Yule goes from the 21st through, I want to say the 1st of January. So the 21st of December through the 1st of January is all Yule. And so technically we're still in it <laughs> while I'm recording this, we're still in Yule. And I think as it goes live, we're still in Yule, but, um, it just, even when it comes to like a holiday that I don't celebrate, I feel like there's still this like energy in the air from the people that do. And this is what I say, like I said, when it comes to like Valentine's day, if you're somebody that hates that holiday, this is just like a different perspective to maybe consider is Think about the energy of like people meeting with their families on Christmas or the energy of uh, somebody really loving on their partner on Valentine's Day or love between you and your siblings, love between you and your parents. You know, that energy is magnetic and it also does ripple out into the collective unconscious. So if we can tap into that, Think about how like warm and cozy and loved you can feel during any holiday, right? And granted, of course, if there's like some bullshit holiday that's just all about hating people that's made maybe by like groups that are not about the collective, we don't have to tap into those energetic fields if we don't want to. Um, but I do feel like when it comes to getting back into basically having an appreciation from a distance for Christmas, because like I said, I don't celebrate it. Um, I can still appreciate that other people love it. I don't have to love it, but I can appreciate that other people do. And all day, I feel like there's been this really peaceful energy around me. Like even from the time I woke up today feels a little bit slower. I don't feel like I should be like high intense motivation. You know, I feel like I'm moving slower and that's okay. That's maybe the energy the collective is giving out, but yeah, I'm actually recording this on Christmas day. Um, which is funny, but, and honestly, I, what is today? Sunday? Yeah, today is Sunday. See, today's so slow. I don't even know what day of the week it is. Uh, this ap episode will actually go out tomorrow, which usually I don't record these so late and close to their upload date, but, uh, I've just had, I've been so busy y'all let's do a little catch up and then we're going to get into like the main part of the episode. So this week, uh, obviously I celebrated Yule on the 21st and you know, <laughs> y'all might find this funny. I didn't really do a lot. Uh, mainly because I'm still very in my getting settled into my new house mode. Um, I know technically I've lived here just over a month and I still don't feel 100% settled. Some people say that it takes like a year to get settled somewhere. And I believe that, especially because I moved in, I moved in 2021 and now I have moved again in 2022. So two moves relatively close back to back, not like I consider each year a back to back move. Like moving is a lot. It takes a lot. And I was never settled in my apartment ever. That place, we can talk about that all day, every day. I don't even really want to get into it because I know you've heard it. If you've been here a while, I was never settled in that apartment. That apartment did not fit me and the things that I have, like I still had things in boxes that were not unpacked in that apartment because I didn't have anywhere to put them. There just wasn't enough room. Oh my God, y'all. Okay, I'm sorry. I am so everywhere right now. There's a bald eagle 
that lives in my little harbor town. And I just saw it fly out over my window and it was very cool. That was like the closest I think I've ever seen it without binoculars. Ugh, what a like testament to freedom. I just, I love, I love the symbol of the eagle and I love that living here, this bird, I'm pretty sure it lives like in this harbor because I see it almost every day, but that was the closest I've ever seen it. Anyways, sorry, ADHD brain over here. But um, this week on Yule, I didn't really do a lot because I, I just, I feel like I'm still settling. I'm still learning my routines. I'm still learning like about this house, about how I want to put things together. I still have some boxes to unpack, but not very many. We've done quite a bit. Um, but for the most part, like we are a lot more settled. I say we, it's me and my husband and our three cats. We are a lot more settled than we have been for sure. But on top of that, I've had a queue of like 35 private readings that I booked in November that I have been working my way through. And I can only do about four to five of them in a day because they are very energetically taxing. Like it, can you imagine talking for like sometimes up to like three hours in a row. If you've never done that before, like it's, it is taxing. It is mentally and physically taxing. Even if I'm like drinking all the tea and all the water, it just can be a lot over time. So not to mention like channeling takes a lot too. So I've had to like stagger those out and try not to stress myself out over the fact that they are late because I just didn't anticipate that moving in would be as big of a of a to-do as it has been. My point to all of this is that on the day of Yule, normally I would do like a lot to celebrate the energy bringing the day in. But honestly, I was so chill that day that it just did not happen. Like that morning I woke up, the sun was beaming through my bedroom window. And usually I don't stay in bed long enough for the sun to be out. Y'all know that I'm a morning person, but on this particular day, it was the first day of Yule. I knew I had the day off. And so I stayed in bed. I wake up to the sun beaming through my window, which again, also not normal because it's super rainy here in the winter. Like it will rain literally almost every day in the winter. And it'll be like, it's cloudy today and raining. And that's normal for this time of year. So sun beaming through my window, perfect thing to do on the winter solstice. I remember thinking to myself, cause the sun was like on my body. <laughs> I was like, oh, I am a cat. And just rolling over and going back to sleep in the sun. <laughs> so I was being a cat on Yule. You know how cats just like love to sleep in the sun? That's what I did for Yule. I took a nap in the morning. Basically, I just continued sleep. And I laid in bed until the sun like moved out of the window, basically, which during this time of year, it happens relatively quickly because it makes such a low arc, especially living up in the Pacific Northwest. You don't see like the sun, you don't get as much of it as other places of the world do during this time of the year. So I still like get sun every day. Like even if it's through the clouds, like we get daylight, it's not like Alaska where it's just like dark all day. Like we still get it, but it definitely is less than like other places that I've lived. So, um, yeah, that's what I did for Yule this week. And then on Saturday, which was Christmas Eve yesterday, we had friends come over. I made a breakfast casserole that I make every single year. 
Um, I make it with plant-based sausage. Let me, let me just lay it down for you. Okay. So good. If you ever want to make this, it's super easy. This year I made a whole nine by 13 pan because the first year I did it with friends, we didn't have enough. Like we were all just still kind of hungry and wanted more. So this year I made a, I like doubled the recipe or I stretched the recipe and made a bigger pan, but <clears throat> trust me on this one. If you want to like impress your friends for a little friends brunch or like, you don't even have to do it on a holiday. This is just what I do usually on Yule, but when we have to wait for friends or something to do it on a different day, I'll do it that day. It just happened to coincide with Christmas Eve this year. So, um, I cooked up some plant-based sausage, some onions, red and green bell pepper for Christmas, of course, or for Yule, of course, and cooked that up and then put it in a, like I sprayed some avocado oil in a nine by 13, put that in the bottom. And then I took my kitchen aid because I was just not about to beat that by hand when I have a robot to do it for me. <laughs> I pulled my kitchen aid out, put the whisk attachment on and I beat, I want to say it was like 12, I want to say it was 14 eggs. Uh, 14 eggs with a little salt, little pepper. You could also put like half and half milk, plant-based milk. I used a plant-based half and half in mine, uh, which is the ripple. That stuff is really good. It is not crunchy anti-approved though, because it does have like canola oil and stuff in it. But I feel like when it's the holidays, like I'm not trying to be crunchy during the holiday, like feasting. I'm just not. <laughs> I'm not that person that's like, oh yeah, on your special occasion, I'm going to use coconut sugar. No, I'm going to use the real fucking sugar. This is why I'm crunchy auntie and not crunchy mom. There's a difference. Um, but, uh, you pour the egg mixture over the top of the, like, basically you could do regular sausage. I just did plant-based cause I don't eat red meat. Um, put that over the sausage and bell pepper and onion mix. And then, uh, you put tater tots, just like frozen tater tots. You line them over the top. So like you have to lay them down one by one. You don't have to, you could just pour them on, but it looks so much prettier when you actually set them on individually. And it's, it's Christmas. It's Yule. Like we could go a little special. And then you put that in the oven at 350 for about 45 minutes covered and then I took it out of the oven after 45 minutes, uncovered it, sprinkled it with some vegan cheese, which my favorite is the Vio Life cheddar. Uh, as for like cooking with it, like I feel like when it comes to cheese, I'm not opposed to eating normal dairy cheese at this point. It's not necessarily my favorite. I don't think that it's good in excess. I don't think anything is good in excess for me and my body, but I would eat normal cheese. Like I'm not super opposed to it. My thing is, is I would rather have my own cow and make my own cheese. Does that make sense? And I feel like the vegan alternatives, even though I'm not vegan anymore and I haven't been for a long time, the vegan alternatives have gotten so good because they were not in the beginning. If you have only ever tried diet, plant-based cheese or vegan cheese, you are completely missing out. Like this is coming from somebody that eats both. Like I've had regular cheese within the last year and I've had uh, vegan cheeses. Trust me when I tell you, I totally get the cheese thing. It is delicious. I understand, but the vegan cheeses really have gotten that good. There are so many options out there now that to me, 
if it's available, there is almost no reason for me to consume dairy, like none, because the vegan cheeses are just so good now. Um, maybe when it comes to like cost, I guess, but I feel like cheese is expensive too. So, um, I did plant-based cheese on top. The Violife cheddar is one of my favorites. Um, just like a little sprinkling and then put it back in the oven without the cover, without tin foil. Please don't look at me. Sorry, there's somebody walking by my house looking directly in my window. Oh, I thought they were going to walk up my driveway for a second. And I was like, dang it, really? On Christmas Day, you're trying to come over. Can you not? Um, I'm still new to the area, so I don't know all of my neighbors. Anyways, um, but put it back in the oven for about 15 minutes. And then when you take it out, it's kind of like an oven by oven basis. If you still notice there's any kind of jiggle from like the eggs in the center, you just keep putting it back in for 15 minutes until it doesn't jiggle in the center anymore. And that's how you'll know it's done. Um, for me, it took about an hour. So it was 45 minutes covered, 15 minutes uncovered. And that was perfect. But it also depends, like maybe you want to put more eggs in it. Maybe you want to do more sausage. Maybe you want to, and I just use like a pound of plant-based sausage. You could just do a pound of regular sausage if that's what you're into. Um, but it's so good. The tater tots on top get like crisp and delicious. It's the perfect amount of egg. It's the perfect amount of sausage. It stays together almost like a quiche. So bomb. And everybody loved it. It was a hit. And I feel like it's aside from having to lay the tater tots in individually, I feel like it's a really easy thing to make. You could even make this ahead of time and like put it in the fridge and just put the tater tots on in the morning and put it in the oven. Like if you don't want to think about food on Christmas morning or Yule morning or Christmas Eve morning, it's just like a really good thing to make that is easy. So that is what I did. We did that. I exchanged gifts with my friends. Um, and then we just hung out, had mimosas and, um, for the rest of the day, like yesterday was really more of like my Yule tide than it was on the 21st. So after our friends left, me and my husband watched gremlins, which gremlins, listen, that movie is just stupid. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. That movie is so dumb and I, I've seen it before and I knew I did not care for it. It gives me leprechaun energy. Like if y'all have ever seen leprechaun, the like scary movie, quote unquote, it gives big leprechaun energy. Like the gremlins is not scary. It's just silly. And I could literally never watch that movie again in my lifetime and be just fine. The only good part about that movie is gizmo. Gizmo is just so cute. Like how could you not? Um, but that was my husband's pick. And then we watched the holiday with Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet, the actresses that play in it. Uh, Jack Black and Jude Law and oh, so good. One of my favorite, it is a Christmas movie in my opinion. It takes place over Christmas and it's just such, it's so good. I hadn't seen it in a couple of years. And so we watched it. We loved it. My husband loved it. We made popcorn. I got myself a new, um, popcorn popper from Costco for Christmas this year. I bought it for myself. Uh, just like, it's like one that you would see at the movie theater, but it's small enough to just like be in your house on a tabletop. They're super cute. Mine's by Cuisinart. I'll put it down below if you're interested. It makes really good popcorn. Like if you buy the right popcorn salt, use high quality kernels and like the, you want to get like coconut oil with beta carotene in it. 
into the popper, it literally tastes like movie theater popcorn. It's so good. And you could just have movie theater popcorn in your house. Um, so we did that. I put a little Bonito flakes also on my popcorn. It's like a furikake with Bonito in it. Oh, so good. So good. So that's what I did yesterday for my Yuletide celebration. Um, I know that was a lot. I shared, I had to share my recipe with you verbally because I kind of looked at like five different recipes and then made up my own. So um, that's why I couldn't just like be like, Oh, here's the link to my, re to this recipe. I probably should put it on my website at some point so y'all can have it. And I can just like tell you where to go to get it. But in any case, that is what I did. And it was awesome. I feel like I've had a really nice week. I definitely sprinkled in a lot of work time in between those days that I had off. I want to say I only took the 21st and now the 25th or 24th off. I've worked every other day this week uh, just to like make sure that I'm getting my private readings done and trying my best to make sure that like YouTube gets a video and making sure that the podcast is going out consistently and making sure that the Patreon is consistently getting content as well. So your girl has been busy. I think once I finish this private reading queue, I'm going to take a week or two off in January because I just think I deserve it. Um, and it's next year. That is something I'm going to promise to myself in 2023, which is what this episode is about. Something I'm going to promise to myself is that December of next year, like midway through December, I am not working until after the new year. Even if I have to like schedule out a bunch of content, I'm fine with that. I just feel like I deserve to live a slow life. And this month was crazy. I deserve sustainability. So let's get into what I really want to talk about in this episode. And that is basically, I don't even know what I'm titling this episode yet, but my concept behind it is I want to talk about the things that I'm leaving behind in 2023 and also the things that I'm going to keep or do my best to sustain. So my theme for 2023, I don't know if I've told y'all this already. I might have in the previous episode, but my theme for 2023 is soft, but disciplined. And what that means to me is Living softer is, to me, it's almost more like slow living. It's not really making everything go, 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 rush, rush, rush. Got to do this. Got to talk to this person. Got to make this content. I don't want to do that. I want to wake up each day and ask myself how I feel before I ask myself anything else. And really like, to me, it's also like romanticizing more of the smaller elements of life, romanticizing living by the sea, romanticizing the breakfast that I put together, like an art, like perfectly crafted for myself. Right. Um, speaking of which I really want to make, this is a random little tidbit, but I really want to make on the Patreon because in 2023, all of my lifestyle content is going to my Patreon. Like I'm not uploading any more of it publicly, mainly because I've noticed that it really messes with my algorithm and it like hurts my channel to do it. So it's going all to Patreon. And usually the people on Patreon are the ones who want to see it anyways. So it's kind of a win-win for everybody, but I really want to make sometime in January, I want to make a like breakfast of the week because I feel like I am like the queen of breakfast and I would love to share with y'all what I eat in any given like weekday because I think I make really like beautiful breakfast too. I love breakfast. 
Um, lunch is like the only meal of the day that I'm not really a fan of. And mostly it's because I don't want to make time for it, but that's going to change this year. We're working on it. So, um, soft, but disciplined, right? Soft, but disciplined is what we're coming for. So, and the reason I throw disciplined in there is because I feel like living a soft, but disciplined life is the perfect harmonization between living in your divine feminine, but not letting it get so over the top that you do nothing. And that to me, like I've done both. Truly. I have done both. I have swung on both sides of the pendulum. I have been so hyper masculine focused that I am stressed out 24 seven. And I've also lived a really soft, slow life to the point that I become depressed and nihilistic because I'm not doing anything. And I feel like that to me is the perfect merriment of romanticizing, living slowly, doing things that feel good, but also having some parts of my life that I am more disciplined around that create structure for me. So that's going to be like sticking to my routines and things like that. So let's go ahead and talk about the things I'm I've got four things for each four things I'm leaving behind and four things I'm going to be keeping. So the things that I'm going to leave behind now, I also want to tell you that this is not a 2023 new year, new me. Y'all know if you listened to the previous episode, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in this year, new year, new me. I think that the diet and beauty industry in particular really capitalize on people, especially women, but people feeling bad about themselves and creating pain within ourselves so that we force ourselves to change in a way that is unsustainable. And so I don't subscribe to that ideology. I don't think that we have to hurt ourselves forward. I think we can love ourselves forward. And I think that part of that comes from recognizing the things that you would like to do less of, or possibly start creating habits that will eliminate these things in your life moving forward. Not, oh, I woke up on January 1st and now I am this totally different person. Uh, I think that there is a way of kind of balancing yourself through it. So that's kind of the energy I'm living in. Like, I don't want you to get the wrong impression here that I'm just going to wake up on the first and suddenly everything is different and I'm a different person. Don't get me wrong. I think you can create real change doing that. I've done it myself. I get it. It does take work and repetition and you can make it happen. But the thing is, is I'm not coming for short-term success. I am coming for long-term sustainability. And I know from personal experience, from studying mentors that have done what I'm trying to do, that this is the way to get it. This is the way to change your life for real. And that's why I'm coming at this the way that I am. So what am I leaving behind? Number one, I have this one. I debated on sharing mostly because some people might think this is super weird, but it's something that I've had to work really, really, really hard to shift in my life over the last two years. And it's something that I think I have a much better handle on right now than I probably ever have. And that is body fear. Now that's what I'm calling it. I don't know if that's actually what it's called, but let me, and I'm going to put a trigger warning right here. If like talking about mental health or sickness or anything like that, uh, triggers you just fast forward ahead, like 10 or so minutes. Okay. Maybe even less than 10 minutes, but just fast forward ahead a little bit. But body fear to me is I, in the past have been someone that 
every little twinge in my body would elicit an anxiety attack. Like I sometimes even a panic attack when it got really out of hand, it would be like my heart skipped a beat. Oh my God, suddenly I'm going to have a heart attack and die. Or, um, I got lightheaded for a second. Oh no, this means that I have this. And now let me Google those symptoms. And now everything is out of control. And when I tell you, it's not like, I understand that everybody to a degree does that. Everybody Googles their symptoms and gets afraid that they're pregnant or dying. Like that's just how today's world is, unfortunately. But mine was obsessive to the point that I would just lay in bed in anxiety or crying or having a panic attack because I would be so scared of my own body, of my own body shutting down, not working properly, aging, which is weird. I think I've definitely gotten past the aging stuff, but I feel like especially because I've dealt with so many situations in my life. It's, it was like this trauma that compounded over time. Y'all know that I'm disabled. If you've been here a while, I have hip and knee dysplasia. I was born super, super, super early. Um, like I wasn't supposed to be born until July and I was born in the middle of May in the nineties. So, uh, it was just really rough. I didn't have enough amniotic fluid to develop correctly. And because of all of that, I was born with a lot of abnormalities that have made my life really challenging. If I'm being totally honest, you know, I deal with a lot of pain, especially when it comes to my hips and my, one of my knees, I've had a ton of corrective surgery in my life. And so I've already dealt with a lot of fear of my body not working correctly. And then I also went through in 2016, 2015, um, I had my gallbladder removed after having severe gallbladder attacks and them going undiagnosed for over a year. I ended up hospitalized having to have emergency surgery. I got pancreatitis. It was a really bad time. It caused me to be afraid of food. Every time I ate, I was scared that it was going to hurt me and I was going to die because that's what happens when you deal with gallbladder stuff is the pain can be so unbearable that it did. It felt like I was dying. I was scared. And then that all came to a head during my mental health crisis of 2021, where I actually thought I was dying. And all of that led to me living in like a very fearful, always scared of my body, always not sure what was happening. And I really feel like through working with specialists, through seeing a therapist, a couple of therapists, seeing a psychiatrist at one point, I've really, really gotten a better handle on fear of my body, basically just getting sick and giving up. And it's not perfect, but I noticed just yesterday for like the first time in years that I had like a heart palpitation. Cause that just happens sometimes. Like that's normal. People's hearts skip a beat periodically. You know, it's not like it's happening multiple times a day. It might just happen once a week. Like it's not all the time. And I've also had my heart looked at and it's fine. Um, but for the first time ever this happened and I didn't have a panic attack. It didn't freak me out so bad that I, couldn't think straight. And I was instantly in hyperdrive. I was able to say, Oh, that was just an experience. No, I didn't enjoy that, <laughs> but it's okay. Like I started to panic for a minute and then I was like, Oh, you know what? Just like every other time that this has happened and it's been okay. It happened and I'm okay. And 
So I do feel like in 2023, that is something that I'm going to continuously work on is reassuring myself that it's okay. And I'm okay. And I will know if something is really wrong. And basically it's not like, I don't think I can call it being like a hypochondriac because it's not like I'm so afraid of like getting the flu or getting like a stomach bug, or it's more that I'm afraid that like some of my autonomy will be taken away from me. It's like this fear of lack of freedom that really, really, really freaks me out. And I've just really worked a lot to overcome that and to trust myself and trust my body. So that's something that we are going to be working to leave behind. Uh, the next thing is lack of work boundaries. Listen, Linda, lack of work boundaries. Oh, this, there's another one in the, what I'm keeping for 2023 that kind of coincides with this one. We'll talk about that part of it when we get there. But when I tell you I had none, I had none. Y'all know that I've been working online since 2010, technically, um, really seriously by 2013, but in 20, I've been an online entrepreneur since 2010. So 13 years I've been in the space and I was always that person that I had such a drive towards my own personal freedom that I would look up every single article and video about how to make it in my niche, like constantly, constantly. And I would always be doing every single tip that was given to me. And I do think that it garnered me a lot of success over time, like always responding to every single comment, which is something I used to do, which is not correct. Like, please know that if you like, it's good, I think in the beginning, but there does come a point where you don't have to do that anymore. And honestly, it's more detrimental to your mental health when you do, because some people are just going to be shitty and not agree with you. And it can start to get to you as a person, if you let it. So like it would be that I would also be really, really, really strict on my uploads and when they had to go out and how many had to go out. And I would get in my head so obsessed that with like growing that I would tell myself if I failed to do like one of these really rigid rules that I set for myself, that everything would come tumbling down and the whole business model would be ruined. And that is just not a healthy mindset to look at your, any avenue that you're trying to do something in. Like I get it. I do think that especially in America, the way that we treat people that work like a nine to five is absolutely terrible. Most companies are like, Oh, you're late. Like most people aren't going to fire you if you're late once, but if you are late over time consistently, then they will. But I would treat myself like if I was late once, basically I was going to be fired from my own life. So I had just like this really unhealthy obsession and I think the number one thing that really helped me to fix that, and I'm going to, after I finish recording this episode, I'm going to go and like sit my husband down and talk to him about this because I don't think I've said these things to him and I need to. He has really been such a big help in that area of my life. He came home to work alongside me and be my full-time editor. Um, he also does a lot of like brand managing for me. He does a lot actually. Like my husband 
he doesn't just do one thing. He does so much for Chloe Taylor, like as the brand, he does a lot. Um, he doesn't really touch the podcast. That's kind of my baby, but he does a lot in the stuff that he does do. He manages a lot. Um, but I honestly think it was through his not only example of being able to create space between work and play and rest, but also because he sees how much I have been doing for how many years I've been doing it. And now to have like such a load off taken from me, he has like told me repeatedly, Chloe, I don't know how you were doing all of this. Like even as somebody that has worked a nine to five, like, not that I need to convince anybody that I work hard. He was like, this is actually like an insurmountable amount of work. Like you've been doing this for over a decade. How? And you've been like the person that always was taking care of the house and the laundry and making sure that I was taking care of to go to my nine to five. Like how, how were you doing all of this for the majority of it without help? And I feel like he's actually really helped me to create better boundaries around work. And I think probably one of the best things about moving into this house that has really helped with that in order for me to like move it and leave it behind is that, uh, I have a, an office now that's just an office and I can close this door and walk away from it and keep work in my office. Does that make sense? Like I don't need work to be outside of this room. And that's really helpful. I know a lot of people don't have that luxury and I'm very grateful that I can do that. I can have that kind of boundary. Um, but yeah, that, I feel like it just, he's really, really helped me to see that, that actually I've been working myself into the ground for over 10 years and I need to calm down a little bit. <laughs> um, so the lack of work boundaries though, we will not be moving that into 2023. That is going to stay here in 2022. We are a woman with boundaries. Um, the next one, again, trigger warning, especially when it comes to talking about food and ways of eating diet culture, things like that, um, or like disordered eating. My next one is using food as a coping tool. So through, I would say all of 2022, I have really slowly and steadily, I, there's a lot of concepts that I knew, but I think something that we, maybe haven't talked about on the podcast is you can intellectually know things, but until you emotionally know them, you will not know them. And like, think about, this is going to be dark, but think about like, you might think, you know, how hard that must be for somebody to like support somebody through cancer or to have cancer themselves. But until you support somebody through that, or you have it yourself, you really can't fully emotionally know. And that's what I mean. Like we can know things intellectually. We can be there for others or ourselves, or maybe not ourselves. Cause that defeats the point that I'm trying to make, but <clears throat> Until you emotionally know, you don't really know. And when it comes to me, I've used food as a coping tool probably since I was about 15, maybe a little younger. And I went on both ends of the spectrum. I, I've been somebody that's dealt with anorexia before. And I've also been somebody that's dealt with full force binge eating before. 
And though I feel like I'm not on any of those extremes right now, and I haven't been for a long time, I do recognize that I still lean on food as a coping tool. When I've had a long day or a bad day, I want that cozy bowl of pasta. I want the hot bowl of top ramen. Like I tend to lean towards a certain kind of meal and don't get me wrong. I don't think that there's anything wrong with like, I've had a long day and I really would like to enjoy some pasta. Here's probably like, especially as somebody that's in school to be a holistic nutritionist right now, probably one of the biggest pieces of information that I have learned this year that really shifted my perspective completely. And you could totally take this and run with it. Please know that I am, I might be in school to be a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. So whenever I talk about these things, I'm not giving you direct advice on how to do something. So just be advised. Um, But I think like the biggest piece of advice that I have learned is that you don't want to take foods away. You actually want to focus on adding food and hear me out. I know this sounds bananas. Oh my gosh. You're telling me that I shouldn't take the chips out of my cupboard. You're telling me I shouldn't take the top ramen out of my cupboard and that instead I should add things. You're crazy. Hear me out though. If I'm eating top ramen for dinner, okay, I love top ramen. I don't understand why people say top ramen is like a poor man's food and like it's so bad because it's it's not. Yes, it's really high in sodium. It might not be the most nutritionally dense food, but it's not a bad food. Like it will still feed you. And here's the thing. No, it's not the most nutritionally dense option, but if you add a little bit of tofu and a little bit of like bok choy to that ramen, maybe an egg, you can make that meal nutritionally dense to feed your body. And if you're paying attention to your hunger and fullness cues, which does take relearning if you haven't paid attention to them in a long time, especially if you use food as a coping tool, like I have, um, it might take a while to relearn those things. But when you fill those foods with more nutrient, nutrient dense options as well, you might even find that you don't want to eat the whole bowl. You eat like a half of it. And you've also had all these other healthier not healthier. That's not a good way to put it. I've been trying to retrain myself to not say that because I don't think we need to demonize food groups either, but, um, a more nutrient dense option, you're eating more nutrients, but you're also having the thing that you love. And that has completely changed my body and my life by putting that into practice and actually making all of my favorite foods available to me. I don't binge at all. Like even when it comes to chips, I've talked about before that chips have been like a weakness for me in the past. No, like chips will just sit in my pantry. They don't mean anything. They don't do anything. The only time that I notice that my like food coping mechanisms get out of hand is honestly, if I drink, if I drink, I am way more likely to binge on a bag of chips or something afterwards. And so Like I've just also been working on like moderating alcohol use. And in fact, I am participating in dry January this year. Um, I've already started yesterday was my last day of drinking. And I was like, eh, you know, y'all know me. I don't wait until the first to do anything. If I want to change something in my life, I will change it today. That is just like the vibe that I'm on. 
Um, so yeah, I'm actually participating in dry January this year, but just like basically learning what my body loves, what it craves and what it needs. And the more that you tune in, the easier and easier that becomes. But the problem is, is if you don't trust yourself, like I said, in the beginning of the episode, it's really hard to help yourself through that. If you already don't have a foundation of self-trust and, I feel like that is something that in 2022, I have really, 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 really learned is how to trust myself more. So that's like another episode for another time talking about self-trust. The main point is I really do feel like I can trust myself not to use food as a coping tool. And I have so many other options available to me when I feel like I need a healthier way of coping. And I will use the word healthier there. Um, I need a healthier way of coping or getting my needs met, not through food. Um, and also again, remembering for myself here that sometimes the bowl of pasta is going to be the option, but I'm going to add nutrient dense things to it. And I've also found that as I've learned to trust myself more through this process, I don't like to overindulge and I almost can't do it anymore. Like it's something that I actually don't enjoy doing, which is kind of funny. Y'all side note, literally as I've been sitting here recording this episode, I swear to you, like six different couples have gone out for a walk and looked over through my window. Don't look at me. Let me record my episode in peace. Um, I know I face the front of the street, but my goodness. Uh, okay. And the last thing that I'll be leaving, and then we're going to get into the things that I'm going to be continuing is saying yes. When I mean, no, this one is probably going to be the one that's going to take the most concentrated effort for me because I struggle with the limiting belief that if I say no, I will be a bad friend or I will be considered a bad person or I'm suddenly somebody that can't be relied on or I'm selfish. And I already can tell you that I know exactly where this belief comes from. It's literally ingrained from my early childhood. I was told constantly how selfish I was and mostly because I always put myself first as a child and I stopped doing that somewhere in my adult life. And don't get me wrong. I don't think that we should always tell everybody no in our life and just never show up. But I'm talking about the times where I really don't have the mental capacity and I'm still the person that everybody always relies on. And that is something that we're, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care. And the thing is, The only thing that I have to be prepared to do to make this change is I have to be ready to sit with those uncomfortable feelings. When I say no, I already know that future Chloe is going to have to deal with those feelings of, oh no, I'm going to be abandoned. Oh no, they're not going to want to be my friend anymore. Oh no, they're going to be mad at me for not showing up and being there for them. I'm going to have to deal with those uncomfortable feelings. And that's the hardest part is dealing with those uncomfortable feelings. It's the same way when you try to set boundaries with a parent and now you're afraid that that parent's going to be mad at you or take it out on you. The thing I always remind myself is that everybody deals with disappointment in this lifetime. And we're all adults here. Adults can handle disappointment. And I even tell my husband that when like he tells me no about something and I start to get kind of upset, 
I will look at him and he'll be like, I'm sorry. And I'll be like, no, I'm an adult. I can handle disappointment and that's okay. I'm not disappointed in you. I'm disappointed that I'm not getting my way and that's okay. Like I can go and meet my own needs doing this, or if I really want blank, I can go and do blank. So it's honestly been really helpful to practice it with somebody that I really trust, but now I have to be ready to like expand that outwards towards friendships. So yeah, that's like, that one's going to be probably the one that's the hardest, but that's literally it is that I have to be ready to sit with that uncomfortability when it comes, because I know it will. Now let's get into the things that I will be keeping in 2023 that I think some of these, especially one of them is the thing that will change your entire life. And it's the last one on the list, but let me just, let's just talk about it for a moment. So Number one, my morning routine and being a morning person. Y'all already know that is probably my greatest gift that I gave to myself in 2022. I will be keeping that in 2023. And it just feels good. It feels good to get up in the morning. It feels good to get my work done early. It feels good to have alone time at the top of my day because my husband sleeps in later than me. There is like, I can't think of a single thing other than having to wake up early that is bad about waking up early. It, everything across the board has only supported me. And it's something that is fully in my control and I love doing it because I've made a life for myself where in the morning I love getting up because I look forward to the things that I have to do. So I wrote down AM routine, but really it's being a morning person. So the thing that I would say is if you want to carry this into your 2023, some of you might already be morning people and this is just like no big deal to you. But for those of you that really want to create that, I would encourage you to make something ritual about your morning. So for you, this could be lighting a certain candle that's just for your morning or making a breakfast that you have a little bit more time to create. Like y'all the breakfast I fucking made today, it's going to be quick. I'm not going to give you like a long ass recipe like I did earlier, but it was just avocado toast. So just like sourdough bread, a piece or a half of an avocado smashed on it. And then I put pomegranate seeds because I had enough time this morning to like open up a whole ass pomegranate and get all the seeds out. Oh, so good. I only sprinkled a few on, but pomegranate seeds, balsamic glaze, which I get mine at Costco. I think most grocery stores sell it. Balsamic glaze, fresh basil because I had some in my fridge. And was that it? Was that all? Oh, a little bit of salt. And then I had a hard boiled egg on the side and this breakfast was delicious. I love the combination of sweet and savory. Some of y'all might think that's disgusting to put fruit on a savory item. I am a huge fan. Like I love plant-based cheese and like apple slices together. Apples and cheese are my shit. So <laughs> I love a fruit with a savory. I'm a huge fan of fruit and savory. So um, so, so, so good. This is what I mean when I say I want to make a vlog of just like what I eat for breakfast in the morning for like five to seven days, just show you every morning. Oh, I just, I love, I love, I love, I love. Um, but that is something that I ritualize in the morning. Sometimes I'll go to like 
Trader Joe's and I'll buy those croissants that you can lay out the night before so that they are like risen in the morning and you just bake them. Um, and that will be like the special thing for my morning or I'll buy myself a new coffee creamer. And like that creamer is my special thing in the morning. So really getting something that you can romanticize in the morning that will make you want to get up. That is probably like my biggest tip for creating, because if all you have to look forward to is a job that you hate, you are never going to want to wake up an hour before you would usually wake up. You feel me? You have to decide on something that would make you want to get out of bed and make it something like for me, food always does it, but especially cause I'm usually hungry in the morning, but something that is just enjoyable for you that you're going to get to have in the morning. That is just going to be it. Um, the next thing is no phone time. So something that I'm going to carry into 2023, actually a couple of these out of the four are about electronics and stuff, but, um, this is something that I recently did. I took a week off of my phone and literally just turned it off. I think I turned it on like twice during the whole week just to like tell my friends happy Yule. And I think I turned it on one other time because I had plans with someone that I did honor. But outside of that, my phone was off for an entire week. And uh, the people that were closest and most important to me knew. I told them if there was an emergency, they could call my husband. But Chloe was out of commission. And this was so astonishing. Like I, the first three days were really hard because I, I immediately wanted to reach to talk to somebody else. Every single time I had alone time, I wanted to talk to someone else. And you could say it's because I'm a Gemini moon and talking my feelings out really helps me. But I also think that over time, I have forgotten how to be my own best friend. And after those first three really hard days, it got significantly easier and I was able to do more things on my own and not be super uncomfortable. But I sat through about three days of discomfort. There was a lot of crying. There was a lot of upset. I would talk to my husband and tell him how I was feeling. And I'm so grateful that he was a space that could hold that. But it was just, I realized a lot of big things about myself. And on top of that, I also got really fucking crystal clear on the vision that I want for 2023 for myself. And I think that that's powerful to, I, I was actually inspired by, um, Mimi Bouchard. Y'all know that she's one of my favorites. She's like, I don't know her personally, but she's like a mentor to me. Um, because I, I think that we are very aligned in the things that we do in our life. She's another creator that just really amazes me. And I do, I consider her a mentor to me, even though she doesn't know me, <laughs> I consider her a mentor, but she really inspired me. She took a trip to Nashville by herself to basically do that same thing. And though I was not in a position where I could take a trip somewhere, I decided that I was just going to do my own little at home retreat for a week. And yes, it was difficult, but it was beautiful at the end. And I'm grateful I did it because it gave me the space and the freedom to not be the person that's always being relied upon because I mentioned in the things that I was leaving behind saying yes, when I mean, no, I have a hard time with that, or I have had a hard time with that. And I feel like taking this week out, not making myself available to anyone for the most part really helped me to re-solidify, re-anchor into myself and get really clear on the things that I do love, the things I do want, the things I do appreciate. 
And I recommend that to anyone. But the thing that I'm going to be keeping isn't taking a full week away from my phone. It's when I feel like it, I am just, this is something I didn't feel like I used to be able to do. And for some of y'all, this might be laughable because maybe you do it all the time, but out of fear again of abandonment, I would not just turn off my phone and walk away. I was too scared that somebody would need me and I wouldn't be there. I think a lot of us struggle with this. And what do I always tell you? I always tell you, you are not emergency services, so stop treating yourself like that. And then I'm over here doing the same shit. So I've gone through periods where I've put my phone on like, do not disturb and walked away. Like that's normal. But usually by the end of the day, I'm checking in with people. So to take a whole day, maybe two days without saying anything to anyone, unheard of, too scary. But this is something I actually want to implement going forward is taking like one or two days every couple of weeks or so, turning my phone completely off and just not making myself readily available to everyone. I think that as somebody that really prioritizes freedom, which I do, that is like my core value is freedom. That's why the things that scare me the most are things that I feel like take my freedom away. Um, But the no phone time is basically just that it's to me regaining my own freedom and also leaning on myself, learning to be my own best friend. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with leaning on somebody else when you need to. But I also think that I am a very resilient individual and I've created resiliency in myself because I have learned once again, how to trust myself and how to rely on myself. And again, I'm not saying like, I also recognize that I am somebody that is recovering from hyper independence. Cause I think I've leaned a little too much on myself sometimes, but at the same time, it's this whole like paradox of like, yes, I rely on myself a lot, but also I somehow have learned to rely on others when I don't want to deal with my feelings. I'll just go and make plans with somebody else instead of dealing with my own shit. So It's a whole thing, but the main point is, is that I want to take just time off the grid pretty consistently. Um, The next thing that's also kind of in line with this last one is no analytics, just create. So y'all know in November, if you've been on my Instagram or on the uh, discord, I talked about this a lot too. In November, I did no analytics November. This changed my life. Because from, as I was talking about earlier with you, the work boundaries, I used to be a chronic analytic checker. Like I, again, had such an unhealthy obsession that I would constantly tell myself that if I didn't get this many views on a video, that meant the video was bad and I did something wrong and I need to fucking fix that shit. And it was all on me. I was basically worshiping the algorithm. And I did this for years, years, like more than 10 of them years. And in November was the first time ever that I just stopped paying attention. And I just started to create, to create. And I've done this in other areas of my life, like creating the podcast or doing Instagram content and not looking at the analytics, but never for YouTube. YouTube has always been the thing that I've paid a lot of attention to. And this was the first time that I really took time away from it. And I just created now I'm in a position now where I can do that. I can just create and I can give the video footage to my husband, who is my full-time editor. He does all of the editing, all of the uploading, all of the posting. He does all of that. 
I could literally hand it off and then just tell him I don't want to see it again. And he, he would handle it. So there's no reason why I have to sit in my analytics ever. I don't need to do it anymore if I don't want to. There is this fear in me that's like, oh, but if you're not looking, it's all going to go downhill. I've really, really, really with my soft yet disciplined life, I really want to focus more in 2023 of breaking that habit, continuously saying no, and just worshiping my own creativity instead of an algorithm. Because I really do believe, again, this is rooted in self-trust. If I trust myself to create things that inspire me, there's no choice but for things to improve. Things will only get better if I serve that. And I know that, but yet I'll still sit and be like, oh, but this didn't get enough views and oh, this didn't get enough views. I should do more. No more of that. So in 2023, I could see maybe like quarterly analytic check-ins just to like basically keep myself sane. <laughs> but eventually I would like to never look at my analytics. That's like and I do believe in doing things in a slow and steady way. It's not about ripping the bandaid off overnight if you don't feel like you're ready. And I don't feel like I'm ready. So I do feel like maybe creating quarterly check-ins or even monthly check-ins, then quarterly, then like, you know, twice a year, then annually. Annually, I think would be the goal. I would love to get to a place where I just have an annual SEO report that goes over everything. But in 2023, with my soft yet disciplined life, I want to get to a place where I do not rely on my analytics at all. And I just create just to create because not only do I want to prove to myself that I can trust myself that much, but I also want to prove to other people that you can trust yourself that much. So mark my words on this one. Okay. At the end of 2023, when I go to review this episode, I want to walk into it talking about this, talking about how in 2023, I learned how to trust myself in business so much that I, I don't even think about analytics anymore. That is like my goal. <laughs> and then the last one, which I think is actually the most important, this is one that I have continued from previous years, but it has literally changed my life from the foundation up. And I really do believe that if you're somebody that wants to change your life, this is like the only thing you need to focus on. I promise it just, it will, it will change your life. If you are serious about it, it will. And it is not without effort. And I talk about it all the time. This is not new, but maybe y'all just needed a reminder. Positive self-talk. Now hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. I'm not saying tell myself every day I'm a millionaire when I'm not a fucking millionaire. Okay. I'm not saying talk to yourself in a way that like you tell yourself things that you internally know aren't true. I am saying whenever you think something that you would like to change, like maybe you want to be a morning person, but you're constantly telling yourself and criticizing yourself for all the reasons that you don't do that. Every time you think a thought that goes against you being a morning person, I want you to replace that thought with three things that would support it every single time. Because what happens is every time you catch it and you shift it, you get tired of that shit. Eventually you will trust me on this. It happens every time you will get tired of having to force yourself to change the way that you think. So you'll just stop fucking thinking about the negative bullshit. 
it really does work that way, but it is with consistent repetition. Consistency is the key to making that work every single time. You have to be consistent with it. And if you do it for a day and it's frustrating and like the next day you don't do it, that doesn't mean give up. That means the next day you're going to get back up and do it again. Remember when one of your tires pops on your car, you don't slash the other three. You go and you get that one tire fixed. That to me is how we also create consistency. It's okay to take a day where you're not being up on it. Just get back up the next day. When you go to like your end of the day review, get back up on it the next day. Or if you think about it midway through your day, restart right then. You feel me? And it's not even a restart. It's a continuation. So that is something I'm going to be carrying into 2023 is just how I talk to myself. You know, with the things that I am unhappy with in my life, um, I know for a fact, like I in 2022, and this is like very vulnerable of me, but I think somebody probably needs to hear it. You know, we are nothing but authentic on this podcast, especially the back half of 2022. Like, mm, I'm going to say September, October, November, December, four months. I relied extremely heavily on alcohol to cope with my problems. And I don't think by definition, I am an alcoholic. I really don't. I know that I can go without it and it's not something that like plagues my mind, but I do know that more often than not, instead of choosing coping mechanisms that support me more, I was choosing to drink instead of feel the uncomfortable feelings. And I don't like that. And what happens when I do things like that is it, if you didn't know, alcohol actually has the ability to, to, um, basically make it to where you can't feel that you are full. Like it turns off your receptor that helps you to feel that you are full, like from eating. And so what, what will happen is I'll have like two to four drinks, which that is always my limit Four is always the limit two to four drinks. And then I'll just eat because I can't tell that I'm full and it creates a really, really, really self-destructive pattern of not taking care of my body. And it's not even that I'm like binging to the max, but I'm just eating more than I would like to, to that point of being uncomfortable, not like sick, uncomfortable. Cause that to me is I've been there. I've done the binge eating, you know, but it just, it's, it's put me in a place where I don't feel good in my own skin. And my goal is not to be a certain pant size. My goal is not to be a certain weight. My goal is just to feel good in my body and to like, feel like I look good for myself. Not that I don't think people that carry more weight are not absolutely beautiful. I do think I'm beautiful, but for me, I would like to look different than I currently look right now. It is about appearance for me, but it's also about how I feel inside my body. What is my vitality like? And right now <clears throat> I do feel like, especially after the holiday season, like celebrating and having drinks, you know, it's been a little bit crazier this month. I feel like because there is so much celebrating and merriment in December, which I think that's normal. I think a lot of people celebrate their lives that way. I also think there are a lot of people that stay dry without drinking year round. So I'm not trying to make excuses here, but my point is 
the reason I'm bringing this up is I would tell myself things like, oh, but you're always going to eat like this. You're always going to drink like this. You drink to solve your problems this way, blah, 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 blah. When I talk about that positive self-talk, I do not speak to myself like that. Every time I hear that thought come up in my brain, that's like, oh, you could just have a drink. It's just one drink. It doesn't matter. You're going to be fine. Like, <clears throat> or um, you're, you know, you're going to do it already. So you might as well like things like that, that aren't in alignment with where I'm trying to go. I shut that thought down and I say, no, is this going to like serve my soul? Or is this something that's going to take away from how I feel? Is this something that is going to support the version of me that I am becoming and like the person that I am at my core, or is this going to take away from that? And so even when it comes to like positive self-talk, it's also about problem solving self-talk. We don't just have to, you know, feed yourself all of these positive one-liners. It's also getting very real with how you talk to yourself, problem solving self-talk, which I don't even know if I've ever heard anybody say that, but that's how I speak to myself. If I'm not sure about something, or I know that I'm about to do something that doesn't align with the person I'm trying to be, or it's not like creating harmony within myself, I will ask myself, is this going to take away from my soul, from my spirit, from me, or is this going to add to me in some way? in like a positive way. And if the answer is no, I am way more likely to not do the thing. Um, and then on top of that, the other thing I wanted to say about positive self-talk, if you're somebody that has a really hard time saying nice things to yourself or believing you can have nice things, first of all, baby, we really got to work on that because you do deserve it. But second of all, um, you can also use, and I think I recently talked about this on another episode, you can also use the phrasing of I am open to, instead of I am a millionaire, I am open to becoming a millionaire, or I am confident in my body, I am open to being confident in my body. Or even if you say like, I don't drink, you can say I'm open to not drinking today. Or you feel me? Like you can make subtle changes until you're ready to say that you are this person or this thing. So that's all. That's my spiel. Those are the things that I'm leaving and taking. And I hope that you are feeling good going into this new year. And I hope that you are also thinking about the ways that you can set yourself up to succeed because you don't need January 1st to do that for you. You can do that at any time, but I do feel like right now, as we have this like energy of momentum, because everybody's kind of feeling it, it can give you that little extra push, right? But in any case, I love you very much. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this episode helped you out. I hope you're ready for 2023. Please do not forget when you stand in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. And don't forget to rate the podcast for a potential shout out. Um, and also check out the Patreon where I'm going to be putting all my lifestyle content in 2023, as well as extra pick a cards, live events, things like that. It's a good place to support me as a creator. If you're wanting to do that, all of my links are down below and and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.